thank you for this opportunity to be able to join in with Every Nation Church uh, inside of this very, very unique and challenging time as we walk through this pandemic and the lockdown. Uh, Zamo and I are so thankful for the relationship and the friendship with you, Wayne and Trish. Uh, we're thankful for Every Nation as a church within the city of Devon, within our nation. And are thankful for the causes, uh, Lindo and Mabongi, who are part of Every Nation. Uh, we are so expecting something of God uh, now and in the future to come out of this church as a contribution to the advance of the kingdom of God within the city and within our nation. I want to talk to you, every nation, um, about something that I call moving to a new ecology, moving to a new ecology. We're going to talk about that. We're going to explain what that looks like, what that means and, and, and just walk through this together. We're going to look into some scriptures. I believe this is a very, very significant, uh, important word of God to the church. In fact, as church, as Living Stones Agency, which is a church that I lead, we have looked into, into this word and are holding on to this word uh, inside of this very, very unique and difficult and challenging time. And so, what was in my heart was really, is to really impart this to you and, and, and hope, hopefully you'll find, you'll find something of grace and, and of God inside of this word. Very, very significant inside of this time, moving to a new ecology. It, it has become a general uh, feeling, um, no matter how you look at it, from a scientific point of view, economic, political point of view, that um, we are, humanity is moving into something new we are moving into a new normal everybody is saying that and uh, yeah in, in some sense we can say that from a point of view of mere natural na analysis natural analysis of what's going on around us but it is important to have a sense in god uh, in terms of what's going on and what does it mean and of course we cannot conclude <clears throat> on these issues simply by listening to economists or or political analysts or Important as those perspectives are, we have to look back into the Word of God to see what is happening. And, and it is my feeling out of the Holy Spirit that the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, is moving, is being planted by God into a new ecology. And I think that this Word is important for this Church too, for every nation, so that you are walking through this challenging time with strength, with grace, with power, uh, of the kingdom of God inside of your own hearts. Uh, when we are, you know, when we think about, you know, processing the times and analyzing what's happening around us, we think of the sons of Issachar uh, in First Chronicles chapter twelve. It talks about that how they knew, they understood the times. They understood the times. That word "understand" simply means to be able to perceive the times, and they were part, therefore, of the tribes that. Uh, left Saul, King Saul, to hand over the kingdom to King David, to the emerging, this emerging uh, king, David. Very, very significant time. And, uh, and so when it says that they understood the times and they knew what Israel should do, and we link, therefore, the issue of prophetic perception with the issue of administrative uh, 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 execution uh, or capacity to execute 
what we believe is in the heart of God. So they knew and then they did. They actioned things out. And I think we have to learn something from them. And, and in fact, when we talk about the perception of time, that word time there means time of the occurrence of a particular event. In the context of the sons of Issachar, um, it's talking about um, it's talking about the transition over. It's talking about God moving over the kingdom, which was a very very. It was a political tension. It was a political crisis in its own way, and they had to find God inside inside of that whole situation and be able to partner with God to execute something together with God. And I think that's where we find ourselves. And. In saying that, we therefore are saying that we, we as a church, we're a prophetic people, we're a prophetic community. We don't, in church, we don't just have prophets who, with gifts and we appreciate God for prophets, but church as a community is a prophetic community in her own right. And, um, and to be prophetic, obviously, it does not mean that, oh, we should have known about the pandemic before the pandemic happens. And yes, the prophets can foretell events as part of the prophetic. But there is another side to the prophetic, which is about not just about foretelling, but also about insight in the moment. And I think Daniel, again, gives us the, a good example of that um, in Daniel, in that he, he seems to be able to catch up with the events in Daniel, Daniel chapter 2. He did not know that uh, the king was going to have this difficult dream. But when the king did have a dream, Daniel was able to catch up with the king and he was able to go back to God and pray and God was able to, uh, God then gave him the answer or perspective or insight, you know, in terms of what was happening in those days. And, and that's us. Um, I don't know about you. Uh, I, I didn't know there was a pandemic happening. I, I, I don't remember on the 5th of, of January, beginning of this year, uh, pulling up a slide for LSA, for Livingstone's Agency. And uh, which is the church that I lead, and and um, and and just giving them about ten events that were taking place at the time. Coronavirus was just one of the ten. Uh, it was lost in the in the in the crowd of the detail of the stats. There were there were military issues happening. Um, there were planes being shot down, and all all of those things. And um, I think I still have that slide, but I I, I still did not think that two months later. Uh, the world will be where you know it is today. Uh, however, now that we find ourselves here, uh, it's important that we're able to catch up with God, catch up with the events, and go back to God and do do the Daniel thing. Go back and pray. Go back and regroup uh, as believers and pray together with those who are of the like mind, and 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 hopefully find God in the process. And so I want to talk to you. Um, about about God planting you every nation into a new ecology, and so we can talk about He's planting you, He's planting me, He's planting us together into this new ecology, and that's very very important. The Bible talks a lot about the old things and the new things, and we know this part of the the prophetic language of Scripture. So the idea of God taking us out of the old into the new is not is not a strange phenomenon. It's not a strange thing. We are used to this reality in the Word of God. Equally, the Bible talks a lot about um, the old heaven and the old earth and the new heaven and the new earth. And when I refer to that, I'm not talking about the ultimate coming of the Lord and the conclusion of this mortal age, which is part of what we believe. 
I, I am talking about the next moment. I'm talking about life after this pandemic. I'm talking about new heaven and new earth in that context. Uh, uh, so I'm talking in a, in a prophetic context, uh, but in the now moment, not ultimately when Jesus comes back um, to, 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 to conclude this mortal age. And so we, we know that the Bible talks a lot about that, the new heaven, the new earth. Talks, it, talks about, it talks about the old and the new. This word ecology, if we talk about God, is moving us to a new ecology. The word ecology simply means interrelationship of elements of life. Interrelationship of elements of life. It, it talks of the environment, the environment that produces, that regulates, and that sustains life. For you and I to be able to breathe, we, we need certain, certain elements, certain cycles and processes need to be in place. Um, uh, uh, if those uh, elements are not in place, maybe we would struggle, we wouldn't be able to, our physical bodies wouldn't be able to be sustained on this planet Earth. And so if you look at the physical, ecolo ecological environment, you understand that uh, things are very, very, uh, it's, there is an ecosystem, which is another word we can use here, the, the ecosystem of life. Things are very, very interrelated. Things are very, very closely related. It's the same in terms of the conditions of human life. Things are, in fact, interrelated. And I believe that inside of the pandemic, uh, God is pulling elements uh, uh, in order to recreate and reestablish a new ecology, because an ecology is made up of interrelated elements. Imagine God pulling one element, and if he pulls one, one element, then um, you literally have to have a new ecology to be able to sustain life, to be able to continue to sustain life. So this new ecology we're talking about, this that God is planting us into must must be this new, a new ecosystem, a new cycle of life, a new environment by which we can produce issues or things of the kingdom we could not produce before the pandemic happened. So we're looking at some of the things that we've always carried in our hearts, but that we could not execute before the pandemic, and that are now going to be possible because of the conditions in which we now find ourselves. And that's basically what, basically what we are talking about. And so I want to encourage you, every nation to be thinking about this in the context of UN, as U.S. church, this church community, every nation, but also in the context of your families, in the context of you as, an, as individuals as well. Think about your businesses, think about your careers, your professions. There's going to be a new ecology that you are moving into. If we're therefore thinking about this, if we talk of this new ecology, we can be thinking of new ways of doing life. We, 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 we should be thinking of new relationships and or reformation of our current relationships. God may come and reform, restructure our current relationships. Uh, new ways of being and of doing church. All of these concepts are associated with the reality of a new ecology in God. And this is a, a very, very powerful, powerful um, uh, reality that I want to encourage us to be stepping into. Um, the new ecology, uh, every nation, uh, often comes with a crisis. And, and I think, in a sense, we are, find ourselves 
in a moment of crisis. I mean, the pandemic is not a nice thing. People have died. Uh, families have lost their loved ones. And uh, we have to be, continue to pray. Uh, you know, we've seen things happen in, in Europe, in, 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 you know, in China, in the U.S., in Brazil. Um, uh, we need to pray for our nation as we pray for these other nations uh, that, uh, you know, leaders and believers and the church in those spaces will continue to find something in God. But the, the point we're making here is that a new ecology often is preceded by a crisis. Um, I, I was thinking about that and thinking about the, 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 the disciples of Jesus. And you think about these guys, they, they, they were doing whatever they, they'd been doing prior to Jesus appearing on the scene. And he calls them, he works with them for three and a half years. And comes that moment when he is going to be crucified. And we see that they, they, they are depressed. And, 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 and really what they failed to understand was that beyond the fact that their leader was going to be crucified, was that God was really moving them into a new ecology. And, and you look at the mood in, in John chapter 14, they, they are so depressed. They, they, they are longing for the old when God is moving them into the new. And, 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 and so, of course, the crisis in their context was the crucifixion itself. Uh, in Luke chapter 22, verse 45, it says, When he arose, as Jesus, when Jesus arose, well, sorry, when Jesus rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep. He found them asleep. And then the next phrase is absolutely amazing. They were asleep, exhausted from sorrow. It's not that they had been jogging. It's not that they had been working hard. They were exhausted from sorrow. In other words, if you took these guys to a psychologist for a diagnosis, they were going to be diagnosed with depression. They were depressed. Uh, that word sorrow means grief and sadness. It means grief. And, so there was this grief uh, that overwhelmed their souls and even their physical bodies. And sleeping became just a way to escape it. We, we escape uh, situations in different ways, sometimes by indulging in alcohol or even drug abuse or whatever you know, thing that we do uh, to escape uh, challenges of life. And, and for them, they basically just slept. And verse 46, Jesus uh, said, what? why are you sleeping? Why are you sleeping? He asked them, Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The, 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 so we're saying that the, a new ecology is preceded by crisis. The first crisis we see, and yes, there was a crisis of the crucifixion, but the deeper crisis, crisis in this story was a crisis of uh, emotional instability, of depression. Depression, emotional instability. And, and I want to I wanna speak to you, every nation, that um, as you find ourselves scattered in our homes, we cannot gather physically, that you, you do not allow depression to overtake you. And, and the solution that Jesus tells them is to pray. Uh, to pray so that they will, not fall, they will not fall into temptation. And Jesus himself was praying in the moment. And that's the first crisis that we see associated with the crucifixion was the fact that these guys were absolutely depressed. The second crisis I want to bring to your attention is the crisis of wrong narratives and perspectives. In the midst of a, a crisis, in the midst of a moment or a challenge, a physical challenge, a traumatic event, uh, you know, some overwhelming situation, not only are you going to have emotional crisis, you're also going to have a crisis of wrong narrative 
and perspective. If you actually track the same disciples in Luke chapter 24, if you're reading from verses 13 to 18, and you can read that uh, in, your, in your private moment, uh, you, you're going to find these two um, disciples who are walking. Uh, it says in verse 13, now that, uh, that same day, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. They were walking and Jesus shows up in the midst of them, walking in the midst of them, having a conversation. And he asked them the question in verse 17, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And in verse, uh, in verse 18, it says one of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days. The interesting thing is that they're talking, the things they're referring to is the crucified and the dead Jesus. The Jesus who's dead, the Jesus was crucified and who's now dead, according to their narrative and perspective. But the strange thing is that they're talking to a resurrected Jesus about him being dead. He is right in their midst. And they're basing it on on, on what they saw with their naked eyes. They're basing it on the newspapers of the day. They're basing it on political analysis of the time. And, and, and so they find themselves uh, uh, pushing a narrative of death in the environment of life. And that was a danger that, um, or the crisis that I'm referring to in the midst of a challenge, a traumatic moment. They, 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 there's a crisis of emotional instability or depression, but also there's a crisis of wrong narratives and perspectives. Every nation, I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you to, to be looking into the Word of God and digging into the Word of God inside of this social media um, age where there's all sorts of things and perspectives and information overload. Uh, let's, let's, let's be tracking the news. Uh, that's what I've been saying to, to our church. Let's follow the news. It's important that we are informed about what's happening, but let's get perspective from God. It's absolutely important. Let's have a prophetic perspective. And so, and so these guys, these two disciples had to be confronted uh, because they had a narrative of death in the environment of life. And that was a dangerous thing that they began to do. And uh, Jesus had to, had to help them and had to rebuke them, had to, re- had to fix them and restore them back to who they were called by God to be. The story of, um, um, in Acts chapter 11, there's a story there of, of, of a persecution that broke. Uh, it begins in, in chapter 7, in Acts chapter 7, and it lands in Acts chapter 11. The story of the persecution which for me is another story of a people moving into a new ecology in God. Um, and that we know that with the killing of Stephen, uh, the church scatters and everybody you know, is running for their lives. And in Acts chapter 11, if you read from verse 19, it says, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. What an amazing story. In verse 22, news of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived 
and saw the evidence of the grace. I love that. He saw the evidence of the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. In 24, he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. It's, a, it's an amazing story, uh, whereas in the story of the disciples, you see depression, you see wrong narratives of death in the environment of life. This story encourages me in terms of how we need to be engaging the, the moment in which we find ourselves. It talks about the trigger point, the trigger point, uh, movement to a new ecology requires a trigger point, requires God to uh, you know, it requires, you know, for something to happen in what we, we regarded as the, the old normal uh, and for God to, to move us into something that's new. The trigger point in this case was the killing, the persecution, the killing of Stephen, a young bright man who, who, who was excellent in his articulation of the faith. And he was killed uh, in Acts, uh, uh, you know, chapter 7 into chapter 8. We, we know the story. That became the trigger of this. And then it says they were scattered in verse 19, Acts chapter 11. They were scattered. That word scattered actually, in one sense, when you read it, it looks like, oh, crisis. We're scattered. We're locked down. We can't gather. But that word mean, means to scatter seeds. The word really captures the idea of God scattering seeds and planting something um, in the neighborhoods. And that's what I believe is happening, is that God is planting us back. He's planting us back into ourselves. He's planting us back into our homes. And for those of us who are parents, and I'm sure, um, uh, you know, we, we are having time with our, with our children. We're having time to speak the word of the Lord into their lives. He's, so God is planting us back into our homes, but he's also planting us back into our neighborhoods that we may ban in our hearts for our neighborhoods and for what's happening around us. As we drive and as we see businesses and physical I mean, buildings or businesses locked, uh, our hearts have to break uh, for our neighborhoods. And God is planting. These saints were being planted. This was not a crisis. And yes, it was, it was, there, was, there was a crisis in a sense of a man died. Um, um, uh, the young Stephen died. But actually God was planting them into something. And that was amazing. Uh, and I think they saw, they saw that, they perceived the moment, they allowed the Lord to, 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 to plant them. And um, in verse 20, it says they began to speak to the Greeks. They began to speak to the Greeks. And that for me speaks about a new boldness to step into things that we've always held as dreams in our hearts, but that we were never able to execute. Remember, the church was always meant to be speaking to the Gentiles to the nations, was always meant to be baptizing all nations. But up to this moment, uh, the church was stuck theologically and doctrinal, uh, doctrinally. Uh, you know, they, there was no doctrinal concept, even though there was an, an apostolic instruction from the Lord, but there was no concept uh, in the leadership uh, for how you had to execute that ministry. And these saints begin to have a boldness to, to speak the word of the Lord and to, and, to, and to speak to the Greeks. And so for me, it represents boldness to move into, into your dreams. And I, I, it, is my, it is my hope, uh, every nation, that God will, will at this time empower you inside of this lockdown, inside of this pandemic, 
Uh, he will empower you to be able to move into um, uh, a new boldness to appropriate things that have always been in your heart, but that you are not able to appropriate in, in the former season. The, uh, speaking to the Greeks also means new territory. It therefore has to speak about new territory. New territory, and yes, new territory in terms of touching people of different language. But I think new territory in terms of anointing, in terms of purpose as well. They, 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 they were now, uh, you can imagine having to tell the gospel to the Greek in those days. I mean, they were, I'm sure in X, by Acts chapter 10, they were very, very competent in telling Jews um, uh, about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But to now move into, a, uh, move into a new territory and speak to a new people requires a new skill, a new competence. And, 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 and it, it represented a new territory. And so, and so there was a movement into a new territory. I, I want to I speak that to you, every nation, that at, at this point in time, God will move you into a new territory. But also this represented new activity of the Spirit, not just New boldness, not just new territory, but new activity of the Spirit. And we want to break that out. We want to speak that over you, every nation, that new active, new realms of, 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 the, of the activity of the Spirit of God will break out for you and that you'll find yourself in a new fresh space um, after this pandemic, after this lockdown, that you'll find yourself with room, that you'll find God stretching your tent, you'll find God giving you territory, and that you'll find God giving you activity to step into new territories with new skills and competencies to be able to speak uh, in environments that you have not been used to before. The end result inside of the story is the evidence of grace, what the Bible calls the evidence of grace in verse 23. Barnabas saw the evidence of grace. And so after the lockdown, after the pandemic, we don't want to see depression. We want to see the evidence of grace. We want to see grace in saints. We want to see grace in marriages. We want to see grace in children. And I, I, I want to speak that and I pray that into you, um, every nation, that, that you will step into, as you step into this new ecology of God, that you will find um, uh, a new grace inside of your hearts and inside of your lives. As we learn this um, scripture in Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10, um, if you read from verse 10, talks there about God coming like a thief. He's not a thief. He comes like a thief. Uh, it talks about the suddenness of God's movement, almost like this pandemic that has surprised the earth and the nations of the world. He comes like a thief. And his coming produces a, a couple of things. And again, I'm not talking about the ultimate coming of the Lord. God comes every moment, every time in our hearts, through his spirit and through his tr truth. And in moments like this challenging moment, a uh, moment that we find ourselves in, God comes like a thief. He will come like a thief. And when he comes, certain things will begin to happen. There will be a disappearing of things. It talks in verse 12 about the heavens will disappear. And in the later verses, it talks about the new heaven and the new earth. So you see this, this, uh, uh, this uh, dynamic process, this, 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 this replacement of environments, this, this removal of the old or replacement of the old with the new. The heavens 
will disappear. So, so um, uh, every nation uh, know this. Saints, believers, families on the ground, uh, that there are things that will disappear in your lives. Uh, elements of life, conditions, realities of life that will disappear. But in, in, in the disappearance of those things, new things will begin to form. That's a, that's a, that's a powerful scripture. So uh, in the one, in the one, on the one hand, we talk about the you know, heavens disappearing. On the other hand, we are talking about a new heaven and a new earth, a home of righteousness. So uh, think of it as a principle. I'm not talking about the ultimate coming of the Lord. I'm talking about the principle by which God changes things. He causes some things to disappear and he replaces those things with new things. And that's what we are looking for inside of our lives. And when God does that, when God moves us into a new ecology, the, the, it always often comes with this thing about to, the need to forget the former things. When God says forget the former things, it's not talking about uh, literally remove it from your brain, remove the files of what happened in your life. He's talking about not refusing to live in the power of, of, of the memory of the past. That you can't live in the power of the memory of the past. Um, but we have to now begin to tap into the moment, in the present, in, and, and see what God is doing. So things disappear. Old heavens and earth disappearing. New heaven and earth will appear. Uh, in Daniel chapter 2, we see the same picture. Again, we are looking at the prophetic principle here. Uh, in Daniel chapter 2, it talks about this rock that strikes the human statue. And... The result of that striking is that the statue crumbles and disappears and then the rock begins to increase and fill the entire earth. If you read in Daniel chapter 2 verses 29 to 45. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. I want to seal it all up by yet another scripture that points to a new ecology in Revelation 21. In verse 1, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. Absolutely amazing. The new environment means certain elements are no longer there. Think about this meta metaphor of a new heaven or a new earth without the sea. That would mean, literally, if we think of that metaphorically, it would mean that um, there are no longer continents. The idea of continents would disappear with the, with the removal of the sea. The idea of a coastal city of Deben will disappear. Life will change. And I think that's what is happening inside of our lives and inside of our environments, inside of our nation, is that we're going to emerge out of this pandemic into a new reality of God. And, and my prayer is that we, instead of being depressed by the moment, that we're opening our hearts and minds Look, to look into God, what are you doing? What, are, what, is the, what does the new ecology, uh, what, are, what does it look like? What does it look like you know, yeah, inside of my own heart that I'm, I'm moving into a new ecology of God? What does it look like? And to spend some time praying as individual believers, as, 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 as families, and as every nation church to really, really try to quantify it in the spirit. Because this is God's prophetic word uh, to the church. It's God's prophetic word to you. It's God's prophetic word to families and to individual believers inside of this church. And so I hope that this message has encouraged you. And, uh, and my prayer is that God will strengthen you every nation inside of this time. 
Father God, when I just pray for every nation that you will strengthen this church, Lord, as they consider and as they reflect on what it means to move into God's new ecology. I pray for individual families and uh, individual believers. I pray for the leadership of this church. I pray for every nation, for the leadership teams of this church, that Lord, you will empower this church uh, with prophetic capacity to quantify what the new ecology means for them. I pray that they will move into a new territory with new sets of skill and competence and functionality uh, instead of their own lives to tap into the things of God and that they will have the new boldness to appropriate the dreams and the hopes they've always had in the former season before this pandemic. That Lord, like the uh, believers in Acts chapter 11, they will be able to speak to new environments and open up new territories. I pray this Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.